This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how Martin Luther lost the Jewishness of Jesus. Is that, is that the topic that we're going with? Is that where we want to go? Is that how we want to frame that? Because, I, I mean, there are a lot of people who love Martin Luther. So right out of the gate, it almost feels like an attack on one of the church fathers, one of the greatest church fathers, according to many. And we certainly don't, uh, we're not trying to hate on Martin Luther. We're just trying to point out some history today as we talk about how important it is to think about um, really Eastern versus Western thought and some other elements of the faith. You know, as we look at the podcast, Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, one of the things we want people to understand is as you're discipling those you lead and as you're leading others, um, knowing more about the word, knowing more about Jesus and the culture in which he lived is going to help inform how you disciple those you lead and how you lead. And so that's why we're walking through this uh, today. So tell us a little bit about Martin Luther and maybe a different perspective. Because at this point, most people, I think when they think of Martin Luther, they think of the door and the nail and the hammer and, and the, uh, how, how many theses did we, have? I don't like saying the word theses, by the way, that's 95. Theses. That's a word. That's a weird word. You know, why yeah. didn't we go with 99? You know, mm. I feel like he could have found five more. Well, then they would have said, you forgot the one, you know, there's one. Left. <laughs> you can't win. You can't win when you're, you when win, you're uh, yeah. doing something like that. But yeah. So let, is, us, what, let us what, say what right happened? out the gate. Okay. Let us say right out the gate. Um, we're thankful for Martin Luther. He yeah. has found a lot of things. Uh, he found that scripture alone is all we need for salvation. He found that the glory of God is why we do what we do. Uh, he found that by faith, and apart from works, where I mean, there's a lot of things. Martin Luther found that anybody filled with the Spirit could take the Word of God and read it for themselves and teach it to other people, the priesthood of, of everybody. So he found a lot of things. Which is a pretty radical thought for that time. The, the idea that the individual outside of the, the church priest could access and have, have a relationship with God. I mean, that's, well, it was radical and it was prohibited or prevented because of the, the, the culture you got to understand. And we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. Uh, they didn't have a Bible. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like we have today. Yeah. So the only way for the modern or the ancient Christian to grow in their faith or the unbeliever to hear about the Bible was through the priest or the prophets or the cardinal, or the bishop, or the pope. That was the only way they could hear. So yeah. it's not like today where we have the luxury to pick up a Bible and read. Sure. The question I always ask people when you think about that is, up to the 16th century, from the Dark Ages, about the 3rd, 4th uh, century, the dark, about 4th century Dark Ages, all the way to the 16th century, they didn't have a Bible. And if faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, hmm. How did people get saved? Wow. So it was a definitely, it was definitely a different culture and it definitely put us, put people in a position where, I mean, again, before Martin Luther, it, it had to be a struggle to yeah, really, well, to really navigate that. I can't imagine living at that time where, like you said, you didn't have access to the word of God. We and, can't even imagine that. I mean, that was a different time. So Martin Luther came out at the perfect time 
when he was translating a Bible into German, Wycliffe was translating a Bible into English. And so you had these two guys kind of converge with, with Bibles for the people. And Tyndale as well, he's a part of that conversation. But in the process of giving access to the people uh, with the Bible, what he did in the process was he forgot a whole group of people, particularly the Jews, okay? Mm. And I hate to say Martin Luther is the sole reason why we have turned our back on the Hebraicness of Jesus or the Jewishness of Jesus. And that's what people are going to start to wonder at this time. Like people ask me, how in the world do we get here? Yeah. Like how have we gotten to the place where in most American churches, we don't talk about the Jewish culture, the Jewish insights, the Jewish context, the geography of the ancient world, uh, how have we lost the Jewishness of Jesus? And I think I have an answer and I have a couple options to, to consider. Yeah. Uh, but the first one came many, many years ago when they actually changed the Bible from calling it the Tanakh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll put a chart up for you to see this from the Tanakh to what we now call the what Chris from the Tanakh to the, uh, I want to say, Pentateuch? Is that no? Is that Old right? Testament. The Old, Old Testament. Testament. Man, yeah, that's way See, off. that was a softball. That uh, one was a softball. I, I don't <laughs> feel like it was, though. That's. A, <laughs> I do not feel like that was a softball. Oh, man. Like, okay. if you were to say, from the Tanakh to the blank, Ooh. how many people are going to answer that correctly? Okay, so here's what... Yeah, that's, true. that's a whole different language. In, that is me, a whole different know? language, yeah. I threw you off with the Tanakh. Okay, the Tanakh yeah. is a five-letter word. The, the A's, the letter A in the word, uh, are supplied. And uh, it's basically a three-fold section for understanding the Old Testament. Now, some of you have never heard this before, so we'll put a chart up so you can see. But T is for Torah, not Pentateuch. The reason I don't say Pentateuch is one reason, Chris. That I just said it. So tell me why I should not have said it. Okay. You should not say, this is a personal opinion. You should not say Pentateuch because that's a Greek understanding of it. Ah, right? okay. The, the Jewish people would call it the Hebrew, we call it the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh. Okay. Okay. Or the Torah, which is the first five books. Okay. So T Torah, A supplied in Nevaim in Hebrew. Nevaim mm -hmm. is from the Hebrew word Nevi which is what, Chris? Let's go for it. Oh, wow. Uh, once again, I have no clue. <laughs> prophets, prophets. Prophets, okay. okay. And then the A supplied, and then the final word is ketuvim. Ketuv, where we get okay. the English word. Wisdom. Close. No. Man. I'm Jonathan so close. Simon, do you know it? Does Jonathan Simon know it? Let's is he Jonathan paying attention? Ketuvim, Jonathan. He's I'm thinking. literally just drawing so many blanks right <laughs> Where have I gone wrong with these two? Well, the writings. Think, but the that writings. just shows you the difference between someone who studies these things and learns them and the rest of Christian America. <laughs> we don't. Goes you know, once you, once you say the word Old Testament, we got it. Beyond that, we are clueless. Well, and this, you, I'm glad you said it because that's where most people listening are. For and sure. frankly, that's where I was for years and years. I was scared of the Old Testament. I mean, let's be honest, it's three-fourths of the Bible. And sadly, we spend 100% of our time in right. one-fourth of the Bible. Well, and there have even been famous people who said we really don't need to focus on it. Yeah, well, let Just me give you a on. couple. Just lean into the New Testament. Okay, so let me give you the first one who said that. A man by the name of Marcion. 
Okay. Ooh, okay. Now Marcion was the son of a wealthy bishop uh, back back in the day, and uh, that almost sounds like a, a derogatory term. Son of a wealthy bishop. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting close to saying something bad there, right? Oh man. I'm going to incorporate that into my language. Is that yeah? Is that becoming of a minister? Well, maybe. Yeah. So Marcion, son of a wealthy bishop. Uh, realized that he hated the Jews. He hated the Jews because he said the Jews killed Jesus. Um, okay. And he said, we need to get rid of the, the, the Jewish Bible, which was the Old Testament. And so he decided to comp compile a New Testament Bible that was devoid of anything that resembled the God of the Old Testament. So basically, he edited his own Bible, uh, which included only the Gospel of Luke, and 10 of Paul's epistles. And that was a wrap. Wow. James, gone. So uh, basically, gone. Marcion is the Cliff's Notes of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, or the heretical notes of the Bible. The heretical <laughs> notes of the Bible, yeah. Yeah, 15 books left of the Bible. He basically wow. throws out and says, because they, are, uh, they have Hebraic undertones, and basically they are Jewish corruption or Jewish corruption in there. And so basically, Marcion throws this out. Now, the church at the time labels him a heretic. Okay, you've heard of this yeah. Marcionism. Some of you maybe heard of Marcionism, right. but the damage was done. Okay, another man before him that gave him this idea was a guy named Justin Martyr. You may have heard of him. Uh, he the writes name does a sound a, familiar. You've heard it. Okay, yeah. So Justin Martyr basically was a Christian apologist in the in the early church. And basically, he's battling against the Jews, okay? He's trying to do this battle, kind of a polemical battle, and basically writes a letter to his friend Trypho, okay? It's called a dialogue with Trypho, and basically he says that the Jewish people need to be punished for their sinfulness, hmm. okay? So that's starting this kind of movement of, man, we need to get rid of this, and then actually they label the Tanakh, which has always been the Tanakh, Torah, Nevim, Ketavim, yeah. uh, which is all, which by the way, and we'll put this chart up, all of the Old Testament books that we have in our present Bible, if you line them up with the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, it is the exact same books, just in a different order. Did you know that? I did not. Okay. Now here's the pop quiz we're going to come back to after the break. Okay. You're going to have to see if you can figure this out. Uh, well, so far I'm, I'm 0 for 2. You're what's over the, two. What's the, what's the this one, one is not going to be any easier. Okay. Oh, boy. Here's the question. Who was the person who actually named the books of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament? As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back talking about a pop quiz a pop quiz that's related to Eastern versus Western thought. And we've, we've jumped into the deep end today. I'll just say we, we jumped in. We started with Martin Luther. If that's our starting point, you know it's going to get there. But I think people listening are going to get some value from today. Oh, we've, already to got some great, we, we've already gotten some great insight. Uh, but the pop quiz, who was responsible for naming 
the Hebrew books of the Bible. Is that what you said? And calling them the Old Testament. And calling them important. the Old Testament. This was the watershed moment in Christianity mm. that moved. Because here's the problem. When you name something old, Chris. Yes. <laughs> I give you a choice. Do you want the iPhone 15 or do you want the iPhone 5? Uh, I'm going to go 15 in that one. That's exactly. Okay. Yeah. Do I want something old or new? Do you want the 2022 um, Nissan Rogue or do you want the old 1997 Ford Fiat? You know, I mean, <laughs> well, now you're getting into vintage cars. So, yeah, I'm, that's right. Now, but somebody, where you're going Fiat. is when you label something old, yeah, it Fiat. has a negative connotation. That's true. When that's someone true. calls me old, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, because old seems like, this is what old translates to our mind subconsciously. Outdated, archaic, useless, irrelevant, non-applicable. Does that make sense? It does. And that's where most people see the Old Testament. Now, the answer to the pop quiz. Jonathan, you want to help? You want to uh, chime in or no? You got no answer. I have a wild guess. Jonathan has a wild guess, and I think I'm going to put my chip, I'm sliding my chips in. And I'm putting my bet you search on the internet for this right guess. now. You know why? Because I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, Sardis. That's exactly, well, not Sardis. That's crew. Sardis oh. is the town. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Hey, you know what that tells me? That tells the me while we, were, while we were on the break, some Googling was taking place. <laughs> it is possible that that happened. His name was Melito. Melito. Melito of Sardis. And the oh, other wow. person was Clement of Alexandria. You may have heard oh, of him. Okay, yeah. Those are the two guys that called it the Old Testament. Now, let's continue. Did they do it together? Did they get together uh, and say, you know what? Let's just agree that this is the old. You know, that's a good question. I don't know that. I don't know the okay. answer to that. Ooh, finally, I stumped you. Let us pause for a moment and reflect. <laughs> that is a good question. Now, I could, I could look for one second, maybe, and see if I have the answer to that. Now, are you looking into google for this answer that's my only no, question no, i'm looking in my i'm looking in the book i wrote called the forgotten jesus I've, I've heard wikipedia has got some good answers that are very trustworthy most of the time probably not for this stuff but <laughs> not for this stuff. that's right okay so let's speed up because we're going to get quick yes, now, and we don't want to lose okay. momentum here uh constantine takes over the church he goes from little c catholic which is universal he makes it large c catholic which means roman catholic now it's an institution uh, in 325, Constantine comes on the scene and says this, let us have nothing to do with those detestable Jewish people, or the detestable Jewish rabble, as he calls them, okay? That continues to go down all the way to Martin Luther. Here's the punchline of our study today. Martin Luther, who has brought so many good things to the church, has actually done us a disservice. Yes, I've said a disservice. Now, let me, do, let me just say this before we, I say what I'm about to say, because I want to prepare you. Every great man or woman of God through history, the more you study them completely as a person, you're going to realize that most of the things they teach, they're fairly right on. I mean, most of the things are conservative and reputable and orthodox. But there's always those few things in their life that we look in, in times, uh, present times, at past times, and we think, how in the world could he do blank, right? Yeah. Uh, give you an example. John Calvin mm. ordered the killing of a man and justified it. Said, this man needs to be killed right now. 
and put and sent him to death. So he was wow. a part of murder. You can go look that up on Wikipedia. Hello. Uh, there, there were others who, who totally, uh, John Wesley believed in radical free will. Charles Whitfield believed in the sovereignty of God. They believed so strongly their friendship was severed. One was right or the other one was right. Or you could take a Jewish approach and both are right, right? So mm. we'll get to that in a moment. Or you okay. could take a Swain approach and both are wrong. And both are wrong. That's, <laughs> true. That's a new approach. You can do a new approach, yeah. Okay, but Martin Luther, let me just say, was right on a lot of things. We know that. But uh, a few things that we would differ with from Martin Luther, or at least personally, would be this. His view of the Jewish people. In fact, he hated the Jews so much that he said that the epistle of James, he hated it so much because it had to do with the law and you're justified not by your faith, but show me your works. And he hated that section. He called it an epistle of straw. Wow. He wanted it to be ripped from the canon. I don't know if you knew that, Chris. I had uh, no idea. Yeah, Martin Luther that. wanted it to be ripped from the canon. Yeah, he hated the book of James because it was wow. uh, overtly Jewish. Faith without he, works is dead. Exactly. and He, he couldn't and, handle that. Now, now, keep in mind Martin Luther's past. When you study a man, you have to study his context. Martin Luther was an Augustan, uh, Augustinian monk. Mm. Okay, so he was of the lineage of Augustine. Yeah. And so in that, in that order, Martin Luther believed in uh, penance for one's sins. So uh, unlike today where we have what's called repentance, right? Which is a turning around. They had what's called penance, which is a, which is an action a person must take in order to atone or make right for the sins they committed. Now, you know, Chris, I was raised in a Catholic church, right? Uh, went to make my first communion in second grade confirmation wow. at 15 or 16 went to an all boys Catholic school, most of my schooling. And uh, I, I was indoctrinated in Catholicism. And here's one of the things I knew. I was yeah. not a good boy growing up. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the confessional booth. Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been two months since my last confession. Yeah. My sins are. That's the, that's oh, the line. Oh my goodness. You have to say that line every single time. And I do you ever wonder, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of a specific religion like Catholicism, but do you ever wonder about your son, Rig, who enjoys talking? What He, he would may do not ever get out the confessional booth. <laughs> I was going to say, he is going to put that priest to the test. Yeah. Son, <laughs> son, it's time to go. Let's go, you know. So, uh, But here's the thing I, I want to show you. So when I would finish, depending on the severity of my sin, and honestly, back then, you didn't want to tell him all because you, you didn't want to be out there all day doing Hail Marys and Our Fathers. So you, you kind of gave him partial sins, right? So at, yes. at the end of it, he would decide how many Our Fathers and Hail Marys and Glory Bees you needed to say. Mm. Okay? And so he'd say, based on those sins, six Our Fathers, four Hail Marys, one Glory Bee. So you go out and say them. Okay, that's called penance. Now, Martin Luther in his day took it further, where he would actually go in a room and beat himself, literally. He would whip himself. He would torture his body. There, uh, there are times when they said Martin Luther would lay prostrate on the ground, face down, hard floor, freezing cold, stone floor, for hours upon hours to do penance for his sins. So Sounds think of that. 
well, <laughs> whole other sermon or podcast for another day. But here's the thing. So imagine, so every time he would do something wrong, he would do penance. One of the, one of the, uh, the, the monks in the monastery, the, the, the abbot would say, every time Martin Luther would come out from being in there for hours and hours, there were very often times when Martin Luther would walk down the hall, make a U-turn and go back into the penance room. Because there was another sin that entered his mind as he was going back to his room. So you got to understand, I'm not putting him down. I'm just saying this is the culture mm. of Martin Luther in which he came into. And so when he reads, the righteous shall live by faith, back in mm. 5 and Romans, um, yeah. the righteous shall live by faith, it is mind-blowing to him. When he reads the wow. book of Galatians and he reads that, you're, you're not justified by works, but by faith. Imagine now the pendulum swings from anything to do with law or work or action, and it swings all the way over to the faith side. Martin Luther actually wrote extensively against the Jewish people. Now, I'm going to give you a couple titles, and I'm going to finish with one line. He wrote a book called Against the Sabbath Keepers. He mm. wrote another book called Against the Judaizer. Wow. Judaizers. And then the final book that, I, that I, I've researched is called On the Jews and Their Lies. In that book, which was his title. final work. Yeah, that's a catchy title. His final work, here's what he says, and I quote Martin Luther. Martin Luther says, we need to burn down every synagogue in town and force Jews to convert or die. Wow. End quote. Was that Hitler or was that Martin Luther? No, that, okay. That When I read that for the first time, I thought, wow. Now, again, I'm not saying Martin Luther's a bad man and, and he, you know, he's not following the Lord. What I'm saying is Martin Luther, whether uh, inadvertently or, advertent, uh, or intentionally, created this chasm. Mm -hmm. with the, so with the Reformation, in my perspective, we had access to the scriptures Mm. And we had separation from the Jewishness of Jesus. And those two roads basically veered off away from each other. And what we're trying to do in this podcast is bring back the Jewishness of Jesus, which basically informed the Old and New Testament. And we believe mm -hmm. that when you understand some of these things, yeah. which many of us don't know and haven't been taught, it's sure. going to bring the Bible into high definition 4K color. And it's going to take our discipleship to another level as we plug in. So we, we, once again, as always, have run out of time. We're going to pick this up. Next week, we're going to discuss the levels of Jewish learning, which is where we were trying to get to today. Uh, but I think we waded through a lot of good stuff. So thanks for listening, as always. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate you choosing ours. Check out the show notes on replicate.org, and check out our social media at Replicate Men. That's Replicate M-I-N, short for ministry, um, and Replicate Ministries on Facebook subscribe to the podcast share the podcast tell a friend about it and as always rate or review the podcast when you get a chance Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.